Hold on, let me just do this line of coke. <laughs> okay, feeling good, feeling good. Diet Let's coke do break. this! <laughs> ah, fucking... mm. <laughs> 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 right. All right. Well, that's the <clears throat> intro sorted. Ah, oh, damn it. Uh. And welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar. And with me, as always, is my co-host Chuck Bailey and super producer Ian Simpson. How do? How do? Don't steal it. Don't steal it. (laughs) (laughs) How we doing? Ah, you know. Oscar's preparing himself already for a... uh, Since we last potted, Chelsea lost twice, so... Did you? Twice? No, no, you just struggled against Newcastle, didn't you? Well, we lost to Tottenham (laughs) also in the middle there, I think. I don't even know where that was. (laughs) <laughs> something tells me you might be in for a rough ride <laughs> oh yeah well my brain has been fully occupied by the ace combat video game since thursday night at midnight so i already beat it twice let's just put it that way it has been four days <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i had monday off it was a holiday over here but yeah the only break i took all weekend was to watch that chelsea match and then immediately forgot about it and went back to playing video games so I'm actually doing pretty okay, I guess. I guess. Yeah. You're living your best life. That's all, that's all we can ask for. Great weekend for the three of us, right? Eh, eh lads? Um, don't know what we'll you're talking to, about, we'll mate. Scored, yeah. scored three goals at Anfield. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Great day. Call it a win. <laughs> How about the posh? Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Well, uh, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome we are the Miles Offside podcast. I promise we're friends. We just talk a lot of shit to each other. I don't. I don't promise. Make no such promises. No. You don't speak for me. <laughs> I mean, literally, I am right now, but that's fine. Uh, the way this goes, we run through some news. We deep dive into a couple of topics. We take a quick break. We come back. We do some listener questions, some prediction games, and take a look at next round of fixtures. Let's take it away with some rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Our top story this evening, the Miles Offside podcast have launched a Patreon page. <sighs> what is a Patreon? <laughs> well, Chuck, let me tell you, if you are a listener of this podcast and would like to support us to be able to continue producing this podcast, why don't you chuck in a buck? Go to patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod and pledge your pl- blood and fanhood to us for the rest of time. <laughs> That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, all you need to do is uh, take a knife to your palm and just uh, we'll send you out a test tube. And if you could send that back to us and uh, we'll use that to bind this friendship with blood. Yep, that sounds about right. Now, uh, apologies or... for the... Sh- sh- yes. <laughs> or... Okay, okay. All right, fine. Fine. Uh, we do apologize for the shameless self-promotion, but we just wanted to get this out there because it's new and exciting for us. If you do visit our Patreon page, again at patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod, 
there are four levels to which you can pledge. The first is the pomegranate level, a wee little inside joke for y'all. Uh, that just gets you a shout out on the pod. Then above that, we have the stats robots, uh, which will get you a whole lot of extra content for only a few bucks a month. Um, you get the hot takes reaction, instant reaction, uh, my nerdy newsstand, Chuck's rants, and Ian's FPL corner. Uh, then above that, you have the producer. Not super producer, just producer tier. Not super producer. uh, Where you get to choose one topic a season for us to talk about. And the last one, and the most ridiculous one, is the socket to me level. Uh, For the lulls, Chuck, why don't you tell them what they can get with the socket to me level? Pledge for six months and once a season, I will send you to your house a month's supply of socks. Now, I'm not just going to go to Primark and get some budget nylon crap. Like, I'm going to find some nice, some nifty socks for you to stand out from the crowd. And you can wear, like me, because I've, I've experienced so much joy in the last month. You too can have that with a whole month of fresh socks. And I'll throw in a spreadsheet if you want. Please let me make you a spreadsheet. I'm so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually if you don't sign up, he'll just send it to you anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have gotten a lot of comments about my Marvel spreadsheet. I, we did have a few people request it when we had that episode. Unbelievably. Where I, like, systematically rank all the Somehow. Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so if you want to systematically rank, let's say, the best types of cheese, then you just... You know, we'll have a few exchanges back and forth on the DMs, on the email, and we'll come up with a perfect list of the perfect cheeses according to you. So, just a bit of a teaser for that. Socks and spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah, not not a bad tier. All right, well, let's get to the actual news. Uh, starting with Scotland. There is a man accused of punching three police horses outside of Celtic Park. it's <laughs> oh, brilliant. Standard Saturday in Glasgow, really, isn't it? Yeah, yep. yep. Kevin Maguire, <laughs> age 35, is alleged to have carried out the attacks 35. before... Have a 35, word for yourself, wow. mate. Seriously. He's older than you, Ian. Jesus. He's the same age as me. <laughs> oh, damn, here I was trying to be complimentary about your age. <laughs> I know. No, At no, his age, you'd think he'd know better. Yeah, Ian, as a man of that age, should you know better than to punch not one, but three <laughs> horses, and not just horses, but police horses? I would have thought you would ought to have learned enough life lessons that you don't... I mean, although maybe I'm wrong because he punched two and didn't have any repercussions and thought, I'll go for a third. So maybe I... Yeah, maybe he should be <laughs> punching. All, I've got no idea. But he saw he saw that Newcastle guy punch uh, one horse uh, a little while ago and he was like, fuck this guy, I'm going to go punch three. <laughs> well, you know, the further north you go, the more horses you have to punch to feel anything. <laughs> I've only graduated to punching a calf. Just... <laughs> It's a little one. I'm only, I'm only just north of Watford. Yeah. So. <laughs> I can't decide what my favorite part of that story is. If if it's the fact that he punched not one, not two, but three horses, or if that it was before the match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Slow down. I know you're <laughs> Scottish, but like, slow down. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least the Newcastle guy was after a match and after like a particularly bad loss. So are we officially saying that it's acceptable to punch horses if you've had a bad loss? Uh, I'd like to say no. I'm largely pro horse. And... No, I think that's what you guys just said. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna move on because I think you guys both said yes to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> in our next news story, gentlemen, the dream is over. Weep not, for they were good times. Usain Bolt 
Turned footballer declares his sports life is over forever. He has retired from his post-Olympic career as a footballer. Sad days ahead, gentlemen. What do we think? Do we end the podcast now? Is it is it worth going on? How will the Central Coast Mariners get on? Um, <laughs> Would you have gone out to see him if he came, like, let's say he played one... Or let me phrase it this way, actually. If you could have him at Peterborough or at Palace for one match, would you want that? Just like for the publicity of it, the sheer like spectacle? Literally anything for a striker, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Fair point, yeah. Can't be worse. Can't be worse than Jordan, are you? (laughs) What about you? Yeah, I'd definitely take him at Peterborough. Uh, Not even a question. Yep, fine. Where does he want to play? Anywhere. Yeah. He played goal. Don't care. Yeah. We let him four against Luton at the weekend. Fuck it. Yeah, stick him in goal. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I thought you lost 2-0. No, 4-0. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 10 men after 25 minutes, 4-0. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, from one player retiring to the next, gentlemen, Barcelona have signed Kevin Prince Boateng on a loan move from Sassuolo. Yes, that's right. You heard correctly. Kevin <laughs> Prince Boateng. And the, there's not two of them. It's the one you're thinking of. <laughs> Kevin fucking Prince Boateng is playing for Barcelona. He's got some dirt on, surely. Yeah, who's he got pictures of? Either that or it, it truly proves that agents are worth every penny. He's my most hated footballer, FYI. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Pray tell. Come on, give us, because I don't have any strong feelings about the guy. Like, give a toss. Well, he grew up in Berlin with... Uh, his brother, Jerome, who notably plays for not only Bayern Munich, but also the German team. Um, he was never good enough to make the German squad and through the youth systems had a lot of rivalries with players that end up being famous for Germany. So he gave up and went to play for Ghana and he kind of always held that grudge and just talked a lot of shit about the German team, including his brother when it was on it. Then when he was in the Premier League, he took out Michael Ballack and broke his fucking leg in Balak's last ever game for Chelsea in 2010 and the reason that Balak missed his what would have been his last ever World Cup for Germany in 2010 and then afterwards doubled down and was like yeah no I'm happy I did it he was a prick because he had a wow. beef with Balak going back to when they were kids so fuck okay. that guy yeah yeah okay I wonder how many Barcelona fans got excited seeing Boateng and thought <gasps> oh no yeah no it's the Kevin Prince. Oh. Kevin Prick Boateng, more like. Hey-o. There it is. There it is. Well, it is that time of year, boys. The injuries have starting to take its toll on all the big teams. Uh, the next bit of news story is a bunch of news put together, really. Deli Ali out until March with a hamstring strain. Eesh. Harry Kane out until the middle of February, I believe, or maybe longer. I think uh, it's March. March also, okay. With an ankle injury, the same ankle that he's always had problems with. Uh, and Hector Bellerin out for nine months with Ooh, an ACL. Oof. Yeah. Which we'll talk about that, obviously, during the Chelsea match. But that was not fun to watch. Like, I, obviously, I hate Arsenal and their players. Slobo like, videos went around. And it just looks like you see the inside of his leg just rupture, basically, and fire back down to yeah. his calf. Like, yeah, that that's not fun. No, not no. at all. And I, and I feel really bad for him. Despite him being an Arsenal player, obviously, like you never want to see that. And he went down like he got shot in the leg. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, it was instant, wasn't it? He was not. He knew sad. right away. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like this happens every year. Other countries take a two-week break, 
and England scrams 10 matches into three days. And so lo and behold, a month later, all the muscle injuries, all the strains, all the, you know, people popping their knees and stuff like that's not a coincidence. No. Do you think that we should switch to having a break like the other countries do? Or do you kind of like that they play so much over the festive period? There's a winter break coming in next season, I'm pretty sure. If not next season, then the season after. Because, yeah, so it's going to be a one-week break for... So 10 of the teams get week one, shall we say, off. And then the other 10 teams get week two off. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So it's not like a massive break where no one gets anything. But it it means that there's there's still a bit of football going on. But it's not as crazy. Because you're right. Every every other major league, really, takes a break or calms down. Whereas... You know, like you said, pretty much not really exaggerating. They play 10 games in, what, three and a half, four weeks? I think they average a game every two, three days. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's every three days. And that's not, and, and that's if you're not, you know, counting earlier in the season, you've got Champions League and then straight out of it, you've got the FA Cup. Like, no wonder, you know, we were saying last time about the magic of the FA Cup. No wonder a lot of the big teams rest their players because they just come off the back of so many games. I mean, having said that, though, this this winter break is going to be uh, in February, and a lot of the games, yeah, the, oh. the, so a lot of the games of, yeah, we've already crammed our Christmas schedule like we love to do in this country with football, and I would be sorry to see that go because I love the Boxing Day, the New Year's Day, you know, all that. I love all that, but yeah, so I mean, maybe the damage has already been done if the winter break's going to be February and it's only going to be one or. Uh, however you said it works there's some like two two weeks or whatever for each team it's sort of i don't know yeah they they need it in january they don't need it in february it's too late by then yeah mm, unless they then restructure all how the games go mm. i wonder if this is partially if that february thing is partially in anticipation of the qatar world cup because that's going to be november december like it starts the day after thanksgiving here so like the l- last weekend of november mm. and it goes through about christmas of that year like i don't know what the fuck is going to happen to the clubs that year, that year like it still feels like a dream that's not really going to happen root for chaos boys yeah, yeah i know yeah, yeah. exactly i mean in the in the us like if mls teams happen to have a player that goes to the world cup they just play without them they're just going you know like in yeah. african cup of nations in january right? players just leave so sadio mane is gone so i don't know if the premier league is just going to do the same thing and just be like oh fuck it if you guys have a player at the world cup like Oh, it would decimate though. It would so dec- many... it would make it a crazy ass season. Like that's where you get another Leicester yeah. coming out, right? Like, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. The top six, the big six, I should say, not the top six, would like get crushed. I think all of Chelsea's lineup, except for two guys, are like regular internationals. I think it'd be great. It'd be great for Palace. Yeah, well, no, nah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> still, you silly, still no. silly, silly boy. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at the numbers, like in the Premier League, the injury rate spikes at the end of January every year, and the amount of long-term injuries, meaning players out for two weeks or more, is like triple the next worst league of the big leagues. Like it's fucking absurd, and it's not a coincidence that it's a couple of weeks right after that crazy hectic period, where like your body just takes a toll and you can't recover, and then you know all of a sudden everything's weak. And something pops. Like, it's fucking crazy. So we're in that time of year. Luckily, knock on wood, Chelsea haven't been hit too bad. And I don't think Palace have been hit too bad either. Um, It's just been Tottenham and Arsenal, which is great for Chelsea. 
Well, like, you never wish injuries on anyone, but if it's going to be someone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, to end on a bit of a somber note, um, the news recently, and this is as we're recording, it's still somewhat of an ongoing story, but um, the three days after he signed for Cardiff City, Emiliano, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Sala was on a light aircraft, which disappeared on Monday night. French authorities have confirmed he was one of two people on board which went missing in the Channel Islands. So he was presumably on his way to Cardiff, or at least um, in the process of it was a record signing for them. And he is missing and is presumed dead. So just a, just like an upsetting story. Obviously, we're not going to make jokes about it every once in a while. These serious stories do come across. And since we do have a news segment, we kind of do have to bring them up. Um, just... You know, our our hearts go out to the Cardiff fans, to obviously his family and everyone involved in the situation. It, it it does kind of put everything into perspective as things do from time to time. That there are more important things than football and we get we take a very silly thing very seriously because, you know, it makes us happy in our own lives, but at the end of the day, much bigger things matter than that. So, you know, our deepest condolences and sort of heartfelt stuff goes out in that situation. Uh, and that should about do it for news, so let's go ahead and get into the bigger stories of the week, and let's start with Chuck. Liverpool 4, Palace 3. How are we feeling about the trip to Anfield, Chuck? It's always such a good game, in it? Like, I, I'm pretty sure everyone sees Palace-Liverpool at Anfield and just can't wait. I'm sure it must have it by now because over the years, the amount of great results we'd had against them or just great games, like that 4-3, really, Liverpool had to go back to the old style of Liverpool again. And it really rocked Jurgen Klopp that he wasn't happy about it. And, you know, the way they're celebrating at the end, you'd think they'd beat a decent team. <laughs> it's not like Liverpool have form for over-celebrating <laughs> mediocre sort of results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I th- I thought it was interesting that like I must admit when I saw the line the lineup um and uh, Spironi was in goal I was like oh this could be interesting <laughs> yeah well when he's come back in the past he's done really well like uh, a couple of seasons ago he came back and played against Man United and we only just lost one nil and I think he made like eleven or twelve yeah. saves in that game and he was phenomenal because Hennessy was having a really bad patch uh, and picked up like a little injury which made him come in but. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, you, I you felt a, for him I with think the first was, two. It was a great keeper, but it's just, it's just. I think age now. I mean, he's, he hasn't played since twenty seventeen, so it's been at least yeah, like eighteen back months in, or something. Back in the twenty seventeen, yeah. although was. he kind of was even going back, known for his like kind of brain fart moments. Because I famously his debut. Um, I saw people were sort of sharing video and telling stories about his debut for Palace. He comes on and tries to dribble in his own. Uh, box gets it taken away from him, and then the other player like chipped it and scored over him. Yeah, no one thought he'd last longer than that game. Never mind now that he's been at the club what f- 14, 15 years. I can't even remember now. It's been so long. Is he a club legend for you guys, Chuck? Yeah, definitely. He had sp- he had a testimonial game, and like he's he's huge. He's known as Manos de Dios. So you're not mad about that? I mean, clearly that was like a really bad decision well the first two so the first two goals because people were saying about this like the first two goals you know Liverpool you can say it's lucky but you know you make luck and sometimes when you are a great team you'll have those moments which will will get you through um, games so you know a massive deflection from Van Dyke's kind of 
mega speculative shot that kind of just drops in front of goal for Salah, um, who can just kind of tap it in as much as people say it's a clever finish or whatever. Look, he just sticks his foot out and hits it in. Like, yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second one, again, Firmino's, it, it just kind of goes off off a Palace player's leg. I can't remember who it was um, in the end, maybe Kiate. And it just goes goes into the opposite side of the goal again. Then, you know, obviously the big the big blunder, it's in a difficult spot. The defence has fallen asleep, really, and let Milner wander into that really dangerous position where Spironi yeah. can't really go out because... He can't really come to the ball because then Milner can just pass it easily out and the goal's wide open and he can't stay mm-hmm. because Milner can easily crack a shot off from there and get it in. So it's, uh, it's I felt for him, but yeah. Yeah, it was a bad situation to be in, but he also didn't do the best once in that bad situation. So it was you know, a bit of both. No, that was very brain fart. I do always look forward to Liverpool Palace. I still have really fond memories of uh, Istanbul, as you guys always call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Was that the game before or the game after the Gerrard slip? That was the game it was, before. It was the, the game, game before. before. Yeah. That that season was magical for so many reasons. <laughs> but this game just had so many, so many crazy ups and downs. I mean, like you say, the the deflected goals that Liverpool had. Uh, Liverpool should have had a penalty for a handball. Um. Oh, the Townsend one. Yeah, the Townsend one. See, I can. People saying like he should have a uh, that should be a penalty. Like I kind of understand where people are coming from, but Townsend's got his arm across Mane, and then Mane puts his arm straight up. So it's almost like Mane more pushes his hand up to towards the ball. So I I think that's possibly why the ref gave it because it's. It 100% wasn't Townsend's intention to, whilst facing the referee, put his hand up and kind of <laughs> tap it down. Um, yeah. Andy Robertson should have been, which I, I didn't. Say. I didn't even realise it happened at the time before Mane's goal. No gone. one did. I got yeah. annoyed because the Palace players had stopped because you know yeah. it's always the play played to the whistle and they all stopped, and then that just meant Mane could sprint off. But yeah, he full on like keep, yeah, referee didn't see it at all. Used his hand to keep it in. Used yeah. his hand to keep it in. Slow the ball down to then play it off to Mane. So that was. Yeah, afterwards that hurt a bit, but hey, it's football. Like these things happen. At least Salah didn't get a penalty because he's a cheating diving prick. But um... yeah, he's got to watch himself, <laughs> hasn't he? He is getting that reputation now. Yeah, yeah. he really he is. is. Yeah, he's done it against you guys before, specifically, right, Chuck? Um, well, there was. It's more that he did the over-exaggerated, looking like he'd been shot dive. It was when it was yeah. Wambisaka when Wambisaka got sent off against Liverpool. I think it was like the. Fifth or sixth game of the season, maybe it was quite early, it was early on. on. Yeah, um, and it was one of the games where Southgate had come to watch, and obviously that meant you know the player was going to fuck up somewhere. Um, and he Salah was basically past the halfway line or something, or coming close. And as Bambisaka went down, he kind of clipped his his foot or his his knee or something area, and Salah just did that whole throw his arms back and dive like he'd just been shot in yeah. the face. So yeah, it's just a massive exaggerated contact, but. Yeah, bit heart in mouth, and any time Sacco got the ball, I was like, "What the hell?" Um, one of the first <laughs> things he did was play, you know, balls through his legs in in our own penalty area, and oh my god! Um, did you walk out of that feeling like Palace could have, you know, you score three at Anfield, you kind of rue the loss mm. there, or were you happy with how they played? Do you think that they were, you know, they got hosed and should have won? Like, what what what's your like? It was so it's so hard to think of because the way we played was kind of perfect and 
I don't necessarily think it was too much that we were lucky against them. I think all of our goals were quite well worked. Um, that's kind of why it's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. I mean, Zaha kind of said it perfectly that you can't go to Anfield and score three goals and get nothing. You know, no team, yeah. no team has gone there this season and scored more than one, and we score three, right. three They'd legit only goals. They conceded three at home in the whole season up until yeah, um, up until that game. Yeah. And and I mean, if if anyone wants to understand why I'm always such a frustrated Palace fan, is that because six of our goals this season have come at Anfield and the Etihad. Like something like twenty five twenty five percent of our goals have come against the two best teams in the country or two of the two of the teams that are competing to be the best team in Europe. Like you wanna know why this club is a fucking roller coaster ride, like there it is right there. Um Yeah, and zero points from those, right? Yeah, uh no no, because no, we beat Man City. Beat oh, Man beat City three two, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. it's been such a fucking crazy season, I don't remember all the results. <laughs> yeah, no. Um so yeah, I don't I don't really feel too disheartened and you know, we were we were playing out from the back and it was really confusing. I didn't really understand it. <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> when MacArthur had the ball and there's like seven Liverpool players around him, I'm like, No! Get rid of it, get rid of it. And then the second he passed it out, I turned to my dad because I was watching my dad and it was just like, We have to score here. Like, this is the only chance we'll get. And he's like, Do you reckon? And I bang. Yes. Andros Townsend. <laughs> Nice. He's he's good, man. He's and he scored against City recently too. Yeah, he scored against City, Chelsea, and Liverpool. So you know, <laughs> flat track bully, isn't he? So January move out then, huh? Oh uh, yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the kind of match that at the end of the season we look back on and say, "Wow, Liverpool weren't that good that day, and they conceded three at home, but they still managed to win." That's what makes a champion. Like, was it a winning mentality? Like, this club has grit, or was it a lucky day? If them? you if you watch the game, like obviously Palace went in one nil at half time, and it it did not surprise me at all that Liverpool got two goals back in seven minutes because they just went full on like Liverpool of old just threw everything at Palace and and so that's why it's kind of the the style of play because it is so attacking lends itself to those kind of moments. So I think they kind of go hand in hand with it, um, and very much I, I think it is it is the kind of game where. You know, you don't play for Liverpool from Liverpool's point of view. You don't play well. You get a bit lucky. You concede three, but you still win. That is kind of where where you ride out your luck. You know, Leicester did it in another way when they won the league of just going one nil. Right, that's it now. Shut up shop yeah. and and yeah, defend yeah, yeah. and and they did that for what six seven games in a row. They won one nil, I think. Something like that, yeah. That was with Vardy's run, right? When he just kept scoring and then they would shut down. I think it was after his big think, run. Yeah, just after that, because it was like they they got themselves into a position where it was like, shit, we might actually win the title, and then seemed to go Mourinho on it, and it, it fucking worked, you know. Mm. It, it really did. <laughs> not really working for Ranieri now at Fulham, though, is it? Uh, no, not, I don't think no, he's got the same tools. No, but they could bring in Mourinho and go Mourinho on it. Ugh. <laughs> he's going to get a job, Chuck. He's going to get another job. Just just accept it now. Uh, he's already been on Qatar TV, isn't he? Yeah. What was that horrendous? I don't know if you've seen that, but he was on he was on the horrendous channel with Richard Keys and Andy Gray and like Dennis yeah, Wise, BM like sports, yeah. literally just an absolute convention of <laughs> on that TV channel. Um, <laughs> and they were they were it's weird that they don't use that as the strapline, isn't yeah, it? Weird. Yeah, weird. Um, <laughs> A convention. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, 
so yeah, so they're they're doing the the live broadcast of the of the games like while they're doing it. But oh, what yeah. they've done is yeah. they've dropped the game down into picture in picture and are doing an yeah. interview with Mourinho whilst there's games going on. Like, what the hell? Imagine, yeah, you've tuned in to watch the game and instead they're just oh, but this this chat where he can't even talk about Man United because. He's contractually obliged not to. So we'll, we'll, we're going to carry on with this chat for 15 minutes and just, yeah, shrink the game into a picture-in-picture. Picture. Yeah. Fucking mental. Brilliant. Well, I guess Chuck isn't too disappointed uh, about his team playing out from the back and losing, but someone else is. <laughs> did Chelsea play it out from the back? Did they Did they play it out anywhere? Did they Did they play? play? <laughs> Uh, let me let me just introduce the segment. All right, all right. <laughs> Arsenal two, Chelsea zero. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Two point one to zero point eight on XG. Uh, dominant first half from the Gunners. They fucking played us off the pitch in the first half, and then the second half was nothing. Chelsea had all of the ball, seventy percent possession in the second half, and nothing to show for it. Just a whole lot of fucking nothing. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Did you watch it? Did you fall asleep? <laughs> I kind of came out of it wanting to ask you a question. And I, I kind of had a bit of this earlier in the season with Hodgson and, and not having a different idea or changing things up. And Do, mm-hmm. do you think that Sarri genuinely doesn't have, either doesn't have a plan B or has zero desire to ever change the way he wants to play to fit his opponent? Uh, I think it's the latter. I think he has zero desire to ever play anything other than Sorry Ball. Um, but I think Chelsea knew that when they brought him in. I think they brought him in to play Sorry Ball. Like, that's what they wanted out of him. And that's what they've been getting. Um, so I don't... Ugh, I have so many thoughts on this game. <laughs> I'll keep it brief, though. Um, I don't really think anything is that different than what it has been for Chelsea all season long. Um, at least in terms of what they're actually doing. So, like, when we were flying high and everyone was like, three-team title race? I was like, no, guys, we're not that good. We're really not. Um, we've been getting results, but don't get excited. We're probably in a top-four race. Then we've been getting less results, but the numbers are still the numbers where they've always been. Like, they have the ball a whole lot. They don't have an end product, slash they look like they're lacking creativity in the final third, in the final box. Uh, that's largely down to personnel, but also partially down to tactics. Um, and they're just, you know, kind of grinding their way through a season. I think they're getting exactly what they paid for with Sari. And I think, yeah, you're right. No, he doesn't have any other way that he wants to play, but I don't think that he, sh- like, is being pressured by anyone other than Chelsea fans to play a different way. Okay. Um, he just is going to keep trying to go with it. Like, that's why they bought Jorginho, right? They brought in Jorginho who is the, like, fulcrum to Sorry Ball. And they've just been kind of going at it the same way all season long. Um, and I think now that teams are starting to figure it out, Arsenal did the exact same thing that Tottenham did. They man-marked Jorginho, he couldn't do shit, and everything else fell apart from there. Like, it's the same tactic. Yeah. Two big London teams did it both to us, and it's really bad because those are the two teams we're in competition with for the top four. Like, I think we need a plan B. I think it's worrying that they don't have a plan B. But I think, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, there is no plan B, and I don't think that they're looking to change it anytime soon. Um, And the problem is now that teams have figured out, like, we just got to stop Jorginho and we stop the whole team. Everyone's like, oh, Hazard's the best player on the team. Hazard's the most important player on the team. 
And it's like, no. I mean, Hazard is the best player on the team, obviously. But Jorginho is the most important to the way that you, Chelsea wants to play and to their success. And if you target him by playing a diamond in midfield, which is what Arsenal did, and then Ramsey had so much space, yeah, then it's going to be bad. They played us off the pitch in the first half of the match I was at, at Sanford Bridge. Then Hazard came out and Kovacic made his debut in the second half and it went in the other direction and Chelsea happened to win. But like this didn't look that different to me than anything else has. It was upsetting. I'm real fucking angry. But it's the same as it's been. So can anything change? Like, is it just a work in progress or is it a personnel problem? Or is it... I mean, we've gone through half a season and you're saying that other teams have figured it out. So how can that improve? Yeah, with personnel, especially playing people out of position, like, you know, playing Hazard yeah. as a yeah, false yeah, yeah. nine, Kante as an attacking midfielder, Marcus Alonso as a left back. Like, do you not worry <laughs> that... <laughs> well, well taken, Chuck, well taken. You joke, but... <laughs> yeah, like, which... No, um, well, first of all, the false nine thing. When Dries Mertens became, like, that, the next level player that he became under Sarri at Napoli... It's because he played sort of a false nine, but mostly he was just doing striker things. He's just a small guy, so everyone described it as a false nine. Hazard is actually doing false nine things insofar as, like, he's very free to roam wherever he wants. He mostly drops deep and tries to pull defenders out of the way. Like, that's the point of the false nine, right, is they drop back into the 10 spot, pull a center back with them, and now there's all that space. Hazard is doing that, but no one's fucking using that space. The yeah. only person who's trying to use that space, and I'm not even joking, because this is clearly an actual tactical thing, is Marcus, Marcus Alonso. Alonso. Yeah, yeah, they break Marcus it down. Alonso is playing a left back slash striker hybrid. Like, how is he our answer to the striking problem? Yeah, they broke Holy it down shit. on match of the day, and they they kept yeah, showing cross yeah. after cross where there was literally no one in the box, and the only time it was was Alonso making diagonal runs in from the same side. You're like. Yeah, like, how can yeah. that be the person attacking He's the ball? He's our primary striker. Like that's what we've got. I mean, to if now. only there was someone on there who's really great at staying in the box and like knocking down headers or or something. Sort of a and is good at you know passing the ball around in the box. Like doesn't mind pressure in tight spaces. <laughs> yeah. So it's so frustrating because like uh, they're still doing the Alonso thing. Where he's, I'm not even, like, zero exaggeration or drama. He's literally playing as a left-back slash striker. Like, he does striker things on purpose. It's clearly a tactical setup. He makes specific runs into the box in specific places so that he's doing what a striker is supposed to do. Because Alvo Morata is fucking useless and maybe already going to Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I don't know if that's officially been announced or not. We're basically getting most of our money back on him, which is insane. Yeah. And you're getting Higuain, who, pound for pound, oh, is oh probably the, uh, the best value you can get, really. Yeah, pound, pound for pound, pound yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't want to fucking talk about that right quarter now. Quarter pounder for quarter pounder. Just... <laughs> um, but surely he'll, he'll be good. If, if he's, not, he's not massively mobile. His best ever scoring season came under Sarri. Like, surely if you just want someone in the box, like, he's your man. No, wait, I don't know if you're joking or not. It's a terrible, terrible fucking purchase. We'll come back to that later, but no, zero happiness there. God, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, Look, it's the same shit we've talked about, right? Like, you can't have Luis and Alonso on the same side. Arsenal attack that flank the whole time. Um, I think Conte is good as an attacking mid, but Jorginho doesn't offer enough sort of defensively. It's crazy. We had Fabregas already here. Fabregas is as good of a short passer as Jorginho, a better long passer, and he's also slow. 
And he also was a defensive liability. And so that's why he didn't make the starting lineup for a while there. Like, we had to play him alongside Conte because that was the only way to make up the fact. Like, Jorginho is just Fabregas 2.0 without the long passing. And, like, we don't have a striker. That's why fucking Hazard has been playing false nine, quote unquote. Like, we have Giroud, but he's old. And I, I get that they don't want to play him a lot. Fine. But, like, fucking Victor Moses is rotting away. He's played striker sometimes. He'd at least get in the fucking box. He knows how to get in the box and shoot. He's off to Turkey, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's I know he's gone. <laughs> Cahill could come in and play sometimes. He doesn't. Like, it's the same 12 players in rotation every fucking match. You know, you know what the lineup is going to be. And other teams know exactly what to do about it. It's the same problems we've been talking about since fucking September. Like, we said this week two. I was like, oh shit, that Alonzo flank is going to be a real problem. The striker situation is going to be a real problem. Who are they going to play? They don't have a striker like Dries Mertens. Like, so I hope they do some shit in January, although Pulisic is signed and then loaned. Iguain is not the fucking answer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're not, like, there's no links to a left back at all. Like, I don't, uh. whatever. Fuck it. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not moving on. Um, okay, okay. So, obviously, there's that kind of side of it. Do you not worry now with, Sarri getting very vocal in the press um, to the point where to make sure his point was absolutely clear, he did his post-match interview in Italian with a translator yeah. and basically yeah. dug out all of the players saying that they don't, they can't motivate themselves or anything. Yeah. When you have belligerence of a playing style and you have digging out all the players in the media, are you not just worried it's going into another Mourinho situation? Um... I mean, that's always the concern. Mourinho isn't the only manager that has left on bad terms from Chelsea. You know, Conte, sorry. Conte literally sued the club. (laughs) Remember that? Um, It happens. I I have a couple of reactions to this quote. By the way, here are the actual quotes, just in case someone, one of our listeners didn't hear them. Uh, You're right. It's the first time he's gone to Italian because he wanted to make exactly fucking sure that he said exactly the words he meant to say. Uh, I'm angry, very angry indeed. The defeat was due to our mentality more than anything else. This is something I can't accept. This group of players are extremely difficult to motivate. This is not a team that is going to be well-known for its battling qualities, but we need to become a team that is capable of adapting, possibly suffering for 10, 15 minutes, and then playing our own football. Like, that is shots yeah. fucking fired at yep. the players. That- and so, so off the back of that, then my next point is, because before when there was the, the kind of the snakes in the dressing room thing of people trying to get... Was it Mourinho fired the second time? Uh, where the, players the, st- yeah, w- the second time, yeah, yeah, yeah they tanked that and season. That was, and fired, that was meant to sure. be supposedly Costa, Hazard and Fabregas, right? Yeah, that's what I heard. So do you think that could be one of the reasons why Fabregas is gone? If he is known for kind of stirring up a dressing room in a negative way? When, no, I when don't think so. stuff Not like a manager? No. No, I think that's why Costa's gone, for sure. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> specifically because he feuded with, like, n- very n- openly feuded with Antonio Conte. Um, no, I don't think that's why Fab- Fabregas just, you know, and rightly so, is entering the last stage of his career. He wanted to get more secure minutes. Get, you know, I don't even think it's about the money as much as, like, he, you know, he players that are good don't want to be sitting on the bench. He didn't seem to see a way into the team. And so he was like, all right, I'm going to go for one last hurrah somewhere where I'll actually yeah. get some minutes. He fancied going to France for a relegation battle. They're not doing well? 
Uh, Thierry Henry's Monaco are not, as they are always known now, they are always called Thierry Henry's <laughs> Monaco. Like they are determined. Um, so Monaco, right? Great club. Sold some amazing players like Kylian Mbappe. Uh, 19th in Ligue 1. Oof. 19th after 21 games, 15 points. Fabregas should have just gone to MLS like every other old player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd go check him out if he was here, you know. I've seen a lot yeah, of really of good players in the late stages of their career. But this is the thing. MLS has become what the lower leagues of England used to be. Like, it doesn't happen anymore because players make so much money. They retire at the top of the, you know, at, at 35, make, having made all their money and then go into punditry. When I was, like, a teenager, I saw Peter Beardsley play at Peterborough um, when he was playing for Darlington. It was brilliant, you know, seeing yeah. a player of... Because of, they always used to come back down the leagues, but... It doesn't happen anymore, but you do get them going to the MLS. And yeah, there's, it's great to see um, yeah. brilliant players, even if they are a bit slower or whatever. It's I've absolutely watched brilliant. Zlatan, Rooney, Lampard, yeah, Drogba, exactly. Ashley Cole, Pirlo, David Villa, like all I these mean, super insane. duper yeah. megastars have played in New York. And like, I've gone to go watch them. Yeah. Like, sorry makes a good point. This particular generation of players, ever since. Drogba, Lampard, Ashley Cole, JT, and Petr Cech were gone. Like, that core of the team that won all those titles. Like, these guys just don't fucking look up for it a lot of the time. And they've chased several managers out now because they couldn't, like... You know, if it's not going perfectly for them and they're not happy, they seem like a very finicky, almost... I'm always really loathe to say spoiled because I don't... You know, people are like, oh, they're overpaid, they're lazy, blah, 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 like... That's not what I'm saying. I think footballers are paid exactly how much they should be paid because that someone decided they're worth it. Right, exactly. exactly. And so there it is. But I think that the Chelsea players that we have right now have in the past and are currently showing a sort of fuck it. If things aren't going well, then it is what it is. Like they don't have that just stubborn refusal to let go the way Didier Drogba did. Like Didier Drogba did not have a bone in his body that was willing to accept a loss or a bad day. He just didn't. And these guys do. Like, Hazard switches off, and he'll switch off for weeks at a time. And he's amazing when he's on. I think he's the most talented player Chelsea have ever had. But he definitely switches off. And, like, you see it in the whole club. It's not just them. So, like, I I feel Sarri's frustration. My only counterpoint to, to that would be, like, well, maybe if you didn't fucking play the same 11 players every time... They would feel some sort of pressure to perform because someone else might come in. Like, yeah. think of all the good players rotting on the bench. Moses, Cahill, Fabregas, uh, Christensen, uh, Emerson, Zappacosta. Like, there's even Callum Hudson-Odoi, he had to, like, placate him so that he wouldn't leave for Munich. But he couldn't yeah. play in this game. Like, how are William and Pedro still playing every fucking match? I don't understand. So, like... Yes, he's right. This player, this group of players is sort of willing to go down without a fight on occasion. But he also has to motivate them. He's not doing enough to motivate them. Like, that's his fucking job, is figure it out. And part of that definitely has to do with the fact that all of them know exactly who's going to be in the lineup. And they're safe in their spots. Like, so, that's where I'm at. Ian, how about your hot takes on uh, Peterborough from the weekend then, did you did you take the boy with you to see him or? No, no, it was away. It was away at Luton. Um, oh, so it wasn't even his fault this time. 
<laughs> no, wow. no, I can't even can't even blame him. I mean, he looked towards the telly, so you know, uh, <laughs> when I was watching Soccer Saturday. Um, no, I I, I think um, I, I must admit I can't remember whether the sending off of uh, one of our defenders was after we'd conceded one or two, but if if it wasn't, then it, it, the second goal went in very quickly, and it was like this is clearly this is clearly going to be bad, and yeah, four nil. Didn't four look nil. like a red card though. It was. I don't think it was a red. But there you go. I don't know whether I'm just being a Peterborough fan about that. But I, it didn't look like a red to me. It didn't look out of control or anything. But there you go. So yeah, we're um, still hanging on to a playoff spot with a very small cushion. But our last, I think someone did a thing of the last uh, fifteen games, and if it, if you just take the last fifteen games, we're in the relegation zone. So Ooh, we're very much yeah. being cushioned by our really good start. So, yeah, it's not going well. We've gone out of the Checker Trade Trophy tonight after beating Chelsea under-21s a couple of weeks Ugh. ago. So, yeah, it's, the slide is not looking good. The only positive out of that is I would like to get rid of Steve Evans because I fucking hate that guy. And if it means we do get rid of the manager, I'm not going to be too upset about that. But, yeah, depressing. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we'll uh, we'll take a break. We'll drink our sorrows away, and we'll come back for a, a much happier part two. So stick around. Welcome back to Miles Offside Podcast. Uh, we, so we spoke a little bit about football in the first part, and now is where we get to venture offside as ever due to you guys getting in touch with us on all the social media. You can find us on Twitter at Miles Offside Pod, on Facebook, Miles Offside. Um, you can email us. Have we had an email yet? We haven't had an email yet, have we? Yeah, we, we had a... Remember that uh, guy who, uh, who shit himself and had to wash himself off in Emu a Emu Plains. Emu uh, Plains. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Emu Plains ah. was an email. Yeah. Dave's pseudonym. Dave, yeah, Dave's <laughs> alter ego. Um, well, if you two would like... We haven't had an embarrassing story for quite a while, so maybe we'll get the ball rolling again and share some of ours in a, in a few weeks. Um but you can get in touch with us on email at milesoffsidepod at gmail.com. And you can also, I believe, send us messages via our Patreon page. Um, and you can go there should you wish to become a patron of the podcast uh, and help us keep this thing going. That is patreon.com forward slash milesoffsidepodcast. Yeah, well, it's it's patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod. But yeah, other than that, you were correct. Yeah, um, yeah, we got some questions. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, we'll go for a new, we've got a new tweeter, so I thought I'd put them up top. Um, Ooh, new tweeter. <laughs> okay, that, that's a jingle, yeah. <laughs> a jingle I'm thinking of putting in there, guys. <laughs> I'll clip that up, that'll be the jingle, lovely. Um, at FPL Lewis. Now, this is a little bit old, because we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks, but I thought it, 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 it definitely bears going in. So, how does Oscar feel about slagging off both William and Pedro on the last pod? <laughs> calling them crap and old. <laughs> Only for them to go and save the team against Newcastle. Ha ha, crying face emojis. <laughs> not just the last part. I, I feel beautiful that you did it not five minutes ago as well. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what, who's this new tweeter? I think, can we block him? Or... <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, new tweeter. Always happy to have someone new. Uh, look, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? I think I first of all I like Willian and Pedro a lot 
I think they've really, really been good servants for the club. I think they've had good memories here. No, so I mean, like, they're still really good players. Really, 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 really talented. Did I have enough reallys in there? I think so. I think um, you needed one more really to make more. it yeah. seem to be really properly genuine. respectful. Yeah. No, they can yeah. they can still have really amazing days, and I think especially really. against Newcastle, where they have time and space, and their age doesn't matter as much, they're gonna do stuff like that. So it's not that surprising to me. I'm slagging them off, but I still love them. Like they're still <laughs> Chelsea players, and William especially. Like it's been tough this year. I've I've said this to Emily a few times, where I'm like, I wish they would stop playing William, so I could keep liking him as much as I always have. <laughs> But yeah. Okay. Um, Johnny OG uh, DM'd us and said, It's Sunday evening. I'm on a train from Runcorn back to London. I'm listening to the Miles Offside podcast, and the woman next to me is watching USA Border Patrol or something like that. Who has the worst deal? <laughs> um, well, at least he's getting a train out of Runcorn. Um, why the <laughs> well, hell? they both are. <laughs> why the... I wonder why he's in Runcorn. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, Runcorn is an industrial town and cargo port in Halton, oh. Cheshire, England, and in the southeast of Liverpool City region. Its population in 2011 was 61,789, and the town is on the southern bank of the River Mersey, where the estuary narrows to form the Runcorn Gap. So presumably he was doing something, some lovely sightseeing at the Runcorn Gap, I would assume. I'm surprised you didn't read out, and is also the setting for seminal British sitcom Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps. Is it? Is it? It was, yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Um, and Oscar, can we not make this the new translating things into Norwegian, please? Yeah. So you just pretend to <laughs> know our, places. Our fans from Runcorn would say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As our fans from Runcorn would say, that's bang out of order, mate. Oh, dear. Fucking having that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, wow. That's staying yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to stay in. Valiant attempt, Oscar. A for effort. Yeah, just... absolutely. But my word, effort. <laughs> was it bad? <laughs> um, I thought it was all right. Let's let the public decide. Let's let the public decide. Yeah. I love those shows like US Border Patrol, though. Yeah, they're really good. If it's anything like the Australian one. Oh, yeah, the Australian one's it's, great. It's always great because, yeah. I don't know, it's it's kind of vaguely racist because it always seems to be them targeting like people from Asia. Yeah, bringing in like, loads of seeds and food and shit, yeah. Yeah, just like live animals in their suitcases, <laughs> or or like like the woman who wasn't allowed on the plane because of the bottle of brandy, so she downs it, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I just love it. Uh, you see this bit where you've ticked on the form that you understand. Yeah, well that means you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I love that form. Yeah. Like the the form you get, Oscar. I don't know if you would have ever seen the form. Obviously, being from the yeah. US, but but when you travel into the US, the the waiver form you have to sign. The the one of the questions I'm pretty sure is, were you ever like? First of all, are you a terrorist? Um, and, and secondly, no, damn secondly, it. they got damn me. It. I didn't think they'd have a form for me to fill or, out. Or the other one, were, were you part of the National Socialist Party of Germany between the years of 1936 <laughs> and 1945? It's just like, and people tick this as a joke. Imagine that you've uh, uh, escaped the War Crimes Commission for so long, and then you accidentally tick yes. <laughs> think, Fuck. No. Fuck's sake. That's how they got me. <laughs> I'm supposed to tick no to that question. I always forget. <laughs> the first lesson in the Hitler youth. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <sighs> well, that took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so you've got the worst deal, Johnny. She's uh, got the worst deal, sitting next oh. to you. 
<laughs> yeah, what, what did he have to eat before he got on the train? Was he farting up a storm or not? Because, like, if he was, then that's, like, you know, was yeah. he pooping himself by accident? Like, he's one of our listeners, so that's always a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't judge them all by our yardstick. Oh, <laughs> well, the three of us have all... <laughs> well, yeah. Just saying. Because if, if I'm not going to alienate the listeners, Oscar will. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. We love our listeners. We love all of them. Dearly. Yeah, one day we'll show it. Okay, this is wide ranging, but it might it might work. So, Queen Banger, what kind of people do you find awful in stadiums, Twitter, the media? What do I hate the most? Oh, we talked about this in person actually when I was in London. I really, really, really can't fucking stand when people are like, "Oh, you have to be from the neighborhood. You have to go to the matches to be a real fan." There's a yeah. very particular brand of football fan that are like if you're not a season ticket holder fuck off you shouldn't have an opinion about the club mm. i believe they're called racists <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are. at chelsea they are that's a bit awkward um fuck you i'm a bigger fan than anybody or as big of a fan as anybody you'll ever meet and it doesn't matter that i didn't grow up watching the team and i didn't grow up in the neighborhood and i only ever see them on tv except for that one time i went to go see them at Stanford bridge like being a fan of something and where you were born or where you or who you grew up around yeah. are completely unrelated. I think you can be as legitimate as a fan as anybody in the fucking world when you know about the team, you care about the team, you bleed fucking blue for this team. And conversely, you can be a season ticket holder who is a casual, who isn't a real fucking fan who will like sell their season ticket. Like perfect example. I had season tickets to New York City FC. NYCFC when Lampard was there. Now, I couldn't tell you a single player in the lineup because David Villa just retired. I was a season ticket holder, but I was there for, you know, reasons, and I'm not a real fan. It's a, it's a weird one because, like, yeah, you, you need you needed to support someone being American and being a soccer fan. But it is weird that, like, when it comes to English fans, it it does, to me, it should be, like, wherever you've sort of lived or grew up or spent the most time you should support that local club. So if I was a Man United fan, it wouldn't make any sense. Like, I don't live any... Well... I mean, it would, because you live anywhere and you're a Man United fan. I was going to well, say, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. make sense for you to be a Man United fan Maybe. because you live in England. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't chose Man United, but, you know, that wouldn't make any sense. I'm a Peterborough fan because I've lived here since I was two. I've grew up, you know. So it for me, I feel like it would be weird if I supported someone else. But like I get what you're saying. Of obviously, you you have to choose a club. You yeah. you know you you made a choice, and like you say, you spend as much money, you spend as much time as anyone else. You you're obviously a proper fan, but yeah. It, yeah, 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 for me, the paradigm changes when you're talking about English fans. It's yeah. sort of you know when I mean re- my response to that would be though that I've I've gotten in the same argument here. I'm a fan of the New York teams because I grew okay. up in New York, but like there are people who are just a fan of the Chicago Bulls because Michael Jordan was really good when they were a kid or are a Patriots fan because Tom Brady is really fun and really good and they've won a lot of titles. My thing for that is like, you know what, when there's sort of like an age limit, right? Mm. Like when you're a kid, you could be like, I love the Yankees. They're so good. I love 
the Boston Celtics. I love the Los Angeles Lakers, whatever team, right? Because you're a kid and you just want to like cheer for the winners. Yeah, when I was a kid, I did sort of follow Man United because at the time they were the, well, you know, treble winning. Yeah, you know. There you go. And if yeah. you had stuck with Man United and you were to this day a diehard Man United and you like bought a jersey and like, then I'd be like, you know what? I don't care that you're from Peterborough. You're a Man United yeah, fan and I respect so you as a Man United fan. I think you have to choose at some point, usually when you're a kid for whatever team you want, whether it's local or just because they're popular. But once you're there and you're a fan, you're a real fucking fan and you can't switch. Like, I'm not about those people who are like, who were Man United fans 10 years ago and are Man City fans now. Or, you know, whatever. Like, fuck them. And Chelsea has a lot of those too. I'm not saying anybody can be a fan. There's a right and wrong way to be a fan, but. Yeah. I wouldn't respect you if you're a Man United fan, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) No, when I say I I used to follow it, I mean, I've always been a Peterborough fan. Like, you know, first games I went to. But it was just... It was just you go to school, all your mates have like Premier League teams and if I'm honest, most of them were Man United because they would they were winning European competitions, they were you know. So it was just like, yeah, fine. But like, you know, when I was eight years old I went to the Peterborough playoff final, I went to matches of Peterborough matches. I was a Peterborough fan, but it was just someone to follow, you know. But yeah. It's an embarrassing embarrassing chapter in my life. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, this is this is, Queen Banger carries on from this. What, what people do you find awful? And I think we could we could do an episode on the people we find awful. So maybe we'll keep that one. Well, <laughs> if she subscribes to Patreon and becomes a producer, <laughs> she can choose whether can that choose is one of the that. topics. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, then I think she just wants. This is quite beautiful in a way. Can, can we just love each other and cheer a player from the rival team who scores a great goal? I'm not cheering a Brighton player. Don't care what you say. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So when we're talking rival, I mean, you've picked there your staunchest rival, Brighton, I mean, Millwall, Charlton. Yeah, yeah, obviously you're never going to cheer it. Never. Yeah. No. But, I mean, there is a sort of like there is a sort of gallows spirit that comes with when you're losing four, five nil or whatever, and they score again. And if they if the other team scores a worldie, I've certainly been in a Peterborough crowd when we've been down 4-0 already and someone scored something absolutely amazing, you just go, fuck me, that was a good goal. Because like, you know, <laughs> by that uh, time, you're done. You know. I feel like when it's a real rival, like even then, you're like, those motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, going to score but it a doesn't... beautiful goal on us. They couldn't save that shit for next week. Like like a real rivalry, there's no happiness there. Yeah, no, it, doesn't, it wouldn't necessarily be happiness. It's just like, ah. Uh... Yeah, you're already resigned to the loss. So it's just sort of... I don't know. Like I remember being, uh, and I think I've discussed this very match. But like you, uh, when Peter played Cardiff, it was years and years ago, and we were four nil down at half time, and like we scored uh, soon after the break, and we're all singing like we're going to win five four. No one fucking believes it. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah, yeah. it's just, it's just like well fuck it, you know. We're who cares, you know. And there's a yeah. bit of that sort of spirit about it. Who's Peterborough's biggest rival? Good, good question. So. If you were old, like me, or whatever, then you would traditionally be Northampton Town. But we've not been in the same league as them for a long, long time. They've been lower than us for a long time. So when I was sort of growing up, it was Cambridge United. And now I would say MK Dons probably, which I I love that they're our rival because they are nearby. I fucking hate the way the club came about. Everyone hates MK Dons. Yeah, exactly. It's It's a great local rival to have. So yeah, now it would probably be MK Dons. But, I mean, your traditionalists would say Northampton or Cambridge. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, on the subject of the beautiful goals thing as well, I, I was there for Giroud's Pushkas winning Scorpion oh, kick. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like front and center and i was there with my dad and my sister on new year's day and we all just kind of looked at each other and just went yep fair enough <laughs> yeah there is that like, yeah just, yeah, just like, yeah that was fucking good you're not gonna cheer it yeah you're not gonna yeah. cheer no. it but you do just go yep okay mate yep <laughs> but if he yep. was on brighton you would have just been angry about it chuck no like, yeah 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 probably just yeah yeah an outright an outright rival. Yeah, yeah I can have just throwing your poop I, at the field at that point. You know, I can have a grudging respect for it. Like you know, I mentioned about the Brighton game when when we played them, and they were just they just knew exactly what they had to do, and they did it, and they were good. But doesn't mean that I enjoyed it or I like them or I think they're yeah. good. I've never once taken any sort of enjoyment from anything done by anyone in a Man United shirt. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo was like doing amazing things when i first started watching chelsea yeah. not first started but like back then right that was like i was a pretty new fan and he i vividly remember when he scored from like 45 yards out against chelsea just decided he was gonna have a pop the keeper wasn't even off his line he was just like oh i'm gonna score from here and he did it and it was like a laser into the top corner and I, everyone was like oh goal is i was like fuck him fuck him <laughs> zero respect piece of shit <laughs> fuck man united i fucking hate them i don't care so like you know, as nice as that would be, Queen Banger, I think I can't ever respect anything a Man United player does, ever. And I don't know, are they even Chelsea's biggest rival? They are to me. Historically, it's Leeds. Like, I've been told by a lot of older fans that, like, we're supposed to hate Leeds. Yeah, there's a, like, there's a lot Leeds of people or... that should hate Leeds. Oh, yeah. oh right. speaking actually, of Leeds. <laughs> that is a very good segue into what I wanted to speak about. Surely you guys must have seen all the stuff with Marcelo Bielsa. This, this fucking Spygate stuff. I love it. Like, I don't know about you guys, but everyone's saying he should be fired, he should be fined, like, docked points. No, fuck that. He should be celebrated. Like, that man put yeah. in the work. I mean, it takes a lot to threaten your son-in-law to make him go to watch games at training grounds. <laughs> I might have been like, oh, that's a bit iffy. And then you get the press conference with the PowerPoint presentation and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> I am fully on board because that was fucking incredible have you seen the videos yeah i watched it and there's it was videos there's transcripts the work that man put in like oh my yep. god like i'll tweet yeah. out I, I was watching like a little four minute video of it today like oscar if you haven't seen it yet like you'll get oh full i've seen nerd it i've seen it. seen it yeah like yeah he, he's saying like they spent four hours on each of derby's games last, like every team's game last season they spent four hours analyzing every single game but where where like is percentage, the time? Percentage breakdowns of their formations and who plays where, so they can set up. For, I mean, it's it was impressive, and that's yeah. like that's at the championship. I mean, what do the Premier League teams do? I mean, they don't all yeah. do it because Bielsa's well known for this, isn't he? But maybe they buy a house across the street from the training ground and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, climb up a tree, climb up a mountain, and uh, get themselves yeah. a high powered camera and yeah. <laughs> Lest, lest we forget, there is previous of this with the old Swedes in the World Cup. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, good I times. thought it was great. Like, that's a fucking doubling down <laughs> yeah. and then some. Jesus. He was like, you yeah. know what? You know what I need to do? Make a PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make a PowerPoint and sit down the load of journalists who don't know why they're there and just go, mm. look, I know you're going to ask me questions about it. So here is everything. Yeah. They were all called like a day early. Like so, I yeah. I'm, I want... all, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Fuck cheating and like blah blah blah. I'm it's all not about, cheating. Like, it's not cheating because it's, not it's just the rules. analysis. And he even yeah, it's it's not against any rules, is it? And and he even said 
the only reason I send someone to the ground isn't because I want to know what they're doing. I already know what they're doing. Here is everything I have just on Derby. It I send nuts. it there, send in there for my own anxiety. Like that's just it. So I know. Yeah, I know. And you mentioned it brilliantly. Yeah, it's his, it's his daughter's boyfriend. He's obviously just press ganged into like you know. Oh, yeah. what you going out my door? Right. Yeah. You know. You do something for me. <laughs> brilliant. He's like the Godfather. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And yeah, just sending these people. Ah, ah. Yeah. But then it's brilliant because they can't say cheating because they just lost a Stoke two one for fuck's sake. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> just imagine how good he'd be. Like, all that work and for nothing. Like they're still trash. <laughs> yeah, that is brilliant. But yeah, I am. I am all for Bielsa. Like ride hard for him. And if it means that Leeds get back in the Premiership and then everyone can go back to hating them, then yeah. Crack yeah. on. Dirty Leeds. Dirty Leeds. Dirty Leeds. <laughs> but like, yeah, because Leeds were the first team I remember winning the top flight. Like, I think I was like seven or eight. It was the year before it went to the Premier League. And, yeah, uh, 1991. Yeah, so to, in my... And like, I don't know about you guys, but like the first year you properly pay attention, that's, those teams are sort of locked into your head. So it's mental to see Leeds, or, or not so much now, because obviously Championship, but where they were, you know, it's like, that that's insane. That's wrong, you know. So it's it's it it would be good to see him back up there. And that press conference was something else. I mean, like he was like throwing between him and the coach, and they were just sort of each taking little bits of analysis and stuff. And these journo's just couldn't believe their luck. It was unbelievable. Yeah, the, there's videos of him talking to Zidane and saying like, okay, after the training session, I'm going to talk to you, and this is what we do. This 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 this. Um, he went. Yeah. I, I think he was coach for Leganes or something. And they got they got beaten by Barcelona like three nil, yeah. and and he went up to he went up to Pep and and just started speaking all of these things and saying like all these tactics and what have you and he's like yeah. you know my team better than I do. <laughs> That's an insane level of preparation, isn't it? Yeah, like that man's that man's got my full support just for a for sheer stats nerdiness and b just for being a complete bastard with it and. <laughs> flaunting yeah. it and just being like look this is what i got what do you want how am i cheating come at me bro we need to start sending people to spy on other podcasts <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll get my son's girlfriend to go and see the football ramble see what they do <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um right and then uh adam p uh faith- faithful adam p <laughs> coming Keeps with... coming back with human punching bag. He Adam does. P. He loves it. Is there a more handsome player with less ability than Lorente? Just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, he scored this weekend, guys. All right, take it easy on him. He <laughs> did score. It's just a shame it was the wrong yeah, end. Well, yeah. you know, they all count. No, I don't think that does. <laughs> not, not on his tally. Uh, Graziano Pella. What? Right, super uh, handsome was not really that useful for Southampton. Southampton, right? mate, you don't get yourself a five hundred grand a week move to China if you're not a good player. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you don't get to play for your dream club. He was good for he was good for a, a bit. A bit was he though, or are they paying him to be a model? He was FPL gold. He... I had Pella in my FPL team. I've never had Lorente. So yeah, even at Swansea, Lorente Lorente was all right, but he wasn't that good. Pella for like a season was decent. Who else is good looking and shit? There's a lot of ugly people who are good at football, so there's a lot of the opposite. I mentioned Peter Beardsley earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Diego Costa. 
Yeah. 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 yeah that's one. Luis Suarez, for that matter. Speaking of cheating strikers. Yeah. Ronaldinho. <laughs> Speaking of bucktooth people. Yeah. <laughs> They're all kind of coming in together now. Marcus yeah. Alonso is pretty handsome. I'm jealous of his hair. And he's, and he's, I, I get so angry when I talk about him or think about him in any way whatsoever. So I'm just going to move on. <laughs> okay. I'm jealous of anyone's hair. Uh, Adam P also says, how's Oscar holding up? Uh, especially considering his club are signing a player whose belly is bigger than his upside. Ooh. <laughs> this Ooh, is truly must... just the Oscar yeah, it's down, been a fun getting week. downtrodden and destroyed yeah. this week. Oh, bless you, yeah. puppet. Oh, shall we talk about Higuain then, or...? Just oh, is that is that what he means? Yeah, is, is that what he means? Yeah, yeah I think we should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, go on. Well, let me have say, a, uh, let me roll my sleeves up. <laughs> Literally rolling my sleeves okay. up. Okay, um, dig in, dig in, guys. Oh, stretch a bit here. If you had told me a month ago that Chelsea would be selling Alvaro Morata and bringing in a big name striker, I would have been like, sign yeah. me the fuck up for that, please. <laughs> but if you had told me that it was going to be Gonzalo Higuain. I would have said, mm, let's keep Murata. So give, give him another shot. Give the kid a chance. Because <laughs> I, uh, again, I hope I'm wrong on this, but I think it's a terrible fucking signing. First of all, Chelsea have a long history of making bad signings of big name strikers way after they're any use to anyone. So Shev- Shevchenko came in. <laughs> yep. Torres. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Alexandro yeah. Pato. Remember when he was here? Uh, Samuel Eto. Um, oh my God. word! God, yeah, Fernando Torres again. Um, <laughs> so bad you said him twice. It's, that's how deep it scarred us. Fifty million quid, guys. Fifty yeah. million. Falcao yeah. was here for a season. Oh my God! You oh God! Forget yeah. these things. And then, it, but yeah, but he flopped at Man United as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah, scored yeah. one goal, which was obviously against Palace. <laughs> um, we have a long history of signing old, slow strikers who are not good enough for. The Premier League. So, you know, just be another one. It'll be great. It's going to be great being a Chelsea fan for the next six months. What a good time. I think, just look, if you're looking for a target, man, there aren't many bigger. Um, <laughs> and Wait, I do, I do actually want to address something, though, because a lot of people have been, like, genuinely being like, oh, but look at his numbers. Look, he's actually good. Like, underlying numbers. And I love throwing underlying numbers at people. But I think that all of that comes with a huge caveat, which is that his underlying numbers are in Italy. Yes. Where the pace is significantly slower. I think I've I don't remember the stat off the top of my head, but it's like two thirds as much running as there in the is in the Premier League and yeah. like half of the high intensity runs. Mm-hmm. So he's put up pretty decent numbers, although he hasn't even put up that good numbers for the last two seasons, but he's put up some decent numbers, but in a not good league. Like it I don't think even a young player with those numbers, I don't think I would trust to make the jump to England. Yeah. Let alone fucking an old fat one. Yeah. You thought Morata got caught offside a lot. Ugh. <laughs> I oh could, my god. I could see this uh, happening much more um can you i mean he could be stood offside but if he doesn't sprint towards the ball True. then he's he not, not influencing play, play. <laughs> which means the wingers come round and all of a sudden back on side oh what are they doing man like it's such a bad signing i don't understand what the fuck they're doing oh i can't wait till he scores 12 just goals. bring yeah. i hope i'm wrong wait. i hope i'm wrong but just bring mishi home he's not doing that good but give him a fucking shot he's young at least yeah, is there any any play in the thing of uh, it freeing up Hazard a little bit because 
He's not sure. a natural number nine, you know. So. Yeah, no, I do think Hazard's better coming in off the left. Yeah. I think that adds more creativity there so that Alonso has to do less. I do think that's good for it. <laughs> but, like, there's so many other strikers that I would put ahead of that list. Yeah. Ahead of Higuain yeah. on that list to get him. Like, literally, Chelsea have a bunch of strikers who should at least... Like, January, though. Give him a it's shot, man. Like, like, you get what you kind of get. They're spending money on him. Also, the opportunity cost, right? Like, they're getting him, which means they're not going to go get someone else now. Yeah, but there's, there's never anyone decent. No one, no one sells a good striker in January. What do you mean? We got Fernando Torres for fifty million. It's a bargain. <laughs> no one sells a good striker in January. <laughs> uh, I, uh, what's Andy Carroll doing? Can we get him for a month? He's a target man. Like, oh my god! I'd take Andy Carroll over Gonzalo Higuain, and I'm not even joking. Like, genuinely, would take Andy. Hey, Carroll. He'll miss an open goal and then break his legs again. <laughs> like that's just what Andy Carroll does. Oscar stands by it. Andy Carroll, Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch for Chelsea. I love Peter Crouch so oh, much. Please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how depressing. Oh, right. And uh we'll end with we'll end with our classic, Dave Matteo. To build from the sock obsession, do any of you have a specific shoe you always wear and when the current pair are worn out, you just replace with an identical pair? No, that's weird. That's uh, do you think that's weird? Yeah, absolutely that's weird. Really? If you Yeah, move on. Get a new there's so many shoes out there, Dave. Ah. There's bigger shoes in the sea. I'm on my third pair of brown desert boots from Next. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, there's so many shoes out there. Just go buy more shoes. I love shoes. How many pairs of shoes have you got? <laughs> I mean, I have a pretty good sneaker collection. You know, I, 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 I love my sneakers. Uh, yeah, this what, is, uh, hang on, hang on, Oscar. Hang on, Oscar. This is a new running theme, I think. Like, me and Chuck, kids, no money. And we're sort of like, you know, oh, right. Go on, Oscar. What what is your sneaker collection? And like, how can we live? How 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 good <laughs> could things be? Yeah, I mean, with with all your time and money, play video games and all that. So an obscene amount of trainers for me would be ten, eleven. That'd be ridiculous. So how many have you got? <laughs> uh, it's north of thirty. Let's put it that way. Fuck <laughs> me. My sneaker collection. Um, what I will say to Dave is I would never buy the same pair of sneakers twice, identical, but if I like a certain model of sneaker, like a couple of years ago, Vans had skate high MTEs, which were weatherproof ones. So they had like fur in the shoes and they were stain proof, snow proof, but they just looked like high top Vans. So they're great. I have four pairs of those okay. just in different colors. So I just bought like every color Fucking that I liked. hell. <laughs> I just bought every colour I liked. No. That's once, amazing. Once the shoe is literally, the sole is gone, yeah. you just buy it. You just go and buy a new pair. That's that's how my shoe... I think I have five pairs of shoes, maybe. That's including, like, dress shoes for, like, weddings and stuff? Mm, six. <laughs> oh, <there it> is. <laughs> so, two pairs of trainers that I wear for work. I have one pair of Vans. I have one pair of desert boots. Then I have... Love the desert. Uh, maybe I do only have five. Football <laughs> boots? They don't really count. No, they don't count. Um, I have one pair of, like, uh, red leather boots that are, like... Uh, like I can't think of what they're... they're I don't know. They're just, like, no, shoes. Like, fancy shoes. And yes. then I have a pair of ropes. Roll back a touch. Red leather boots. So... Yeah, I need to hear about yeah. the red leather boots. <laughs> it's not like red leather. Oh, for fuck's sake. Are they thigh it's highs? It's like oxblood. Uh, oxblood. oxblood, right. So like a maroon, yeah, dark like brown. Like, yeah. cover. I think they're called monk monk shoes or something like that. Okay, just how like... big are the heels on them? Are we talking five inches? Are we talking... <laughs> Cuban heels. 
Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Cuban heels. Cuban heels. Jesus. You can still find them. No, and that's that's all my shoe collection is. I, I Chuck, I'm pretty sure I literally own six different pairs of navy blue sneakers. Just for when I'm feeling navy. Like <laughs> I go I go by colors, right? Like it's all organized by colors. So I have like a bunch I have three Yeah, three pairs of red ones. Navy is my most common color, because I just wear a lot of navy. I have some black. My thing recently has been custom sneakers. You can make custom Vans or custom Nikes if you go on the Nike ID, I think it's called. Yeah. So I have a pair of Chelsea sneakers Yeah. that I custom made. They're blue and – like you design it so you pick which parts are what color. So I designed these like blue and white Chelsea ones that say CFC on the heel and they're fucking dope. So. <laughs> I always see the attraction in that for someone who's colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. Yeah, you've got... Okay, yeah, all these different colours. You can't see them. <laughs> can't see them. No, but I know I look good. So. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Okay, all right. <laughs> when he was designing them on the website, he's ended up with, like, pink and green. <laughs> yep, they're Chelsea colours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh god, this really is turning into Oscars. Yeah, yeah okay. this is no fun at all. Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> Join us next week when it's only Ian and Chuck. <laughs> you gonna have to find yourself a new American. No, we're talking wine and cheese, motherfuckers. <laughs> Need I remind you that I was the founding president of the Wine and Cheese Society? Yes, but you openly oh. admitted you didn't buy wine or cheese. Yeah. Without cheese, it was just all cheddar. <laughs> yeah, the, the fraud society. Uh, fucking uh, so jealous well thanks Dave yeah so that's all the listener questions so uh, Chuck have we got any predictor league game news do we have predictor league game news there might be some news for the predictor league that's all I'm doing I'm doing a short one this week guys Um, it is there is a moderate amount of change at the top in third place Ian no. It's you. Get in. Ian's up in third on 44. Oh, I'm loving wow. this. Oh, this is good. Pad Falls on 38 in second, and Adam P just holding on to a lead on 36. Uh, what did so you say I was on? Potentially 44. Oh, so I'm a little bit behind. Okay. A little bit behind, but, you know, it, it's still all there to play for. Still plenty of time. Okay. Uh, I'm down in 15th with 56 points. Oscar. Last place. Last place. Last place. You are in last place. Yay. However, there is someone else there with you. Oh, Finn. A tie? <laughs> and because of the rules of the game, you are technically not last in not the predictor last. league. Uh, not last. Not last. Not last. Not last. Worst two, second worst. Worst <laughs> two, second worst. So you're you're only beating an eight-year-old by virtue of we created the competition and you put your entry in as early as possible. As as a default, because I yeah. made him, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. and and he's only just beating an eight year old, but on the technicality of someone who just just picked twenty teams, yeah, Didn't really. It is funny because when me and Finney were watching the Wolves Leicester game, which was unexpectedly brilliant. And, um, oh yeah, we didn't even mention that. Yeah, that, yeah, three. that was a great oh, game. That was so good. And I was not expecting it at all, but I, I don't get to watch as many full matches as I'd like. Uh, because sometimes I go and watch Peterborough matches, which is fucking ridiculous. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so like, yeah, I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll flick this on. And 
unexpectedly brilliant. But yeah, like Finley the whole way through when Wolves take the lead is just like, I've got them in 20th. I've got Wolves in 20th. Why are they winning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, mate, you're going to have to give that one up. <laughs> it's it's a done deal that you're adding 10, at least 10 points to your score this year. Yeah, Oscar's suffering the same way with that. So don't worry, buddy. That's why you're both down in bottom. Yep. Yeah, it's Wolves. <laughs> But yeah, that's the predictions. Obviously, this weekend coming up, we don't have uh, the usual Premier League action, but we do have the magic of the cup. Including, including a mop-adjacent derby because my beloved Chelsea football club are playing the only other person we've ever had on the uh, podcast. Dave. Dave is playing the Chelsea team (laughs) just by himself. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, Dave. Uh, Dave's doing it for Straya. Um, yes, on on Sunday Chelsea play uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, we'll go through we'll go through all of the games um, after, but yeah, that that one definitely stands out as it could be. Uh, is it dare we say giant killing? I'm hoping for giant killing. <laughs> oh God, sorry, sorry, would get fired after that immediately. I think. Yeah, do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, that's not the kind of thing that we tolerate. Wow. There you go. Come on the Wednesday then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to start us off on Friday, we've got Bristol versus Bolton, Arsenal, Man United, which is kind of the biggest tie. Um, then on Saturday, Accrington Stanley against Derby County, Shrewsbury versus Wolves, Middlesbrough, Newport County, Swansea, Gillingham, Newcastle, Watford, Brighton, West Brom, Doncaster, Oldham. I'm, I'm not used to doing a fixture this list on, guys. I'm running out of breath. <laughs> Man City against Burnley Portsmouth QPR Millwall Everton Wimbledon versus West Ham proper Wimbledon not MK Dons they're out that bullshit yeah, yeah. so I Peterborough though so you know yeah. Um, yeah, Palace versus Tottenham Chelsea versus Sheffield Wednesday and Barnet Brentford Palace versus Tottenham you think that you have a chance with everybody out injured for them I or? hope so since all of their team are dead dying or transferred <laughs> to China or Fernando like, Lorente <laughs> Or Fernando Lorente, yeah, yeah, he'll be good for a goal. Um, it's just which end. Yeah, hopefully for you. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but no, there should be. You know, there's, these games are always so good because they're they're so unpredictable. Like you don't know who's going to put out what team or whether the the lower teams are going to go for it. Because this, you know, potentially there's a fair few of the Premier League teams that can go out. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Millwall beat Everton um, at the den. Yeah, could happen. Yeah. Or you know. Wimbledon beat West Ham because that's like the West Ham way. <laughs> that's the true West Ham way. That's the true West Ham way. Yes, indeed. But yeah, just thought we'd talk a little bit about the FA Cup. And so we'll, we'll talk a bit about those games um, next week when we record. Because obviously there are also fixtures midweek um, on Tuesday and Wednesday, um, I believe. We record on Tuesdays. So we won't really be doing a preview of those games. But yeah. We'll be doing them as they happen. As they happen live. Live. Do you guys live. have anyone weird you root for in the FA Cup, or do you have, is it like too close to home for all a bunch of like other teams? Like, so I always root for Shrewsbury because Eden Hazard one time <laughs> calls them Strawberry. <laughs> oh, yeah. he called them Strawberry Town instead of Shrewsbury. It's Shrewsbury Town, right? Strawberry Town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shrewsbury, yeah, yeah, Shrewsbury yeah, Town, really and he called them Strawberry Town in an interview one time. So I'm like, Strawberry Town, let's go. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything Fantastic. like that? Well, I do now. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah, rooting for Strawberry exactly, Town. Yeah. Strawberry Town to beat the Wolves. Um, Strawberry Burger Town. Strawberry. Bur- oh. 
<laughs> oh god has anyone tried that yet surely not no i said i'd do it but i haven't yeah no. i don't blame you um <laughs> i i pretty much root for palace until we're out which is usually about now fourth round uh unless we get to the final which is do you have the, do you have the thing of like if someone puts palace out then you'd like them to go and win it no i don't that, not really don't give a shit no i don't have that thing of <laughs> oh at least we went out to the winners like piss off yeah doesn't mean anything it's a knockout competition <laughs> anything can happen um i usually just want all of the lower league teams to win then um or yeah, i yeah. want the teams that are struggling in the premier league to stay in for as long as possible um so that they have the extra fixtures when palace don't the only problem is now that, apart from Newcastle, all the shit Premier League teams are out, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, should we get behind Newport County? Yeah, let's get behind Newport County. Cool. Away at Middlesbrough. Well, Middlesbrough put Posh out, so... Oh, so oh, that, so that'd be good then. So, do you root for the opposite. You root for the team that knocked you out to get knocked out in the next round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, Just amazing. generally negative. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if... Um, Derby County's new signing features for uh, against Aquington. Ash, 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 Ash. Yeah, big Ashley Cole teaming up with the Lamps again. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a strange one. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Well, you know, he's yeah. probably good enough to actually play there. He's kind of doing exactly what you said, Ian. He's he's doing what Oscar said of going to the MLS and then going to what you said and just playing down the leagues again. Playing down the leagues, lovely air rifle over his shoulder. Off we go. What? <laughs> he shot those uh, youth kids. Oh shit! <laughs> ah, and Derby County's got loads of youth players from all over the place, so maybe yeah, that's why well, they got a bunch of Chelsea practice. youngsters for free, basically because they like Frank Lampard. So there'll yeah, be plenty yeah. of Chelsea youth there for him to. Yeah, hit. probably some of them have still got pellets in their ass. Fine. <laughs> yeah, but that's for personal reasons. We don't talk about that, Ian. It's a safe space. What they choose to do with their pellets, you know, we're not going to judge. We're not here to judge. There we go. Um, I think that kind of leaves us after speaking of pellets in in youth players' asses. I think that's probably where we kind of leave before this one gets a bit uh, dicey. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you two guys for you know taking the time, recording and shit. Taking, uh, I would say, time out your busy lives. But Oscar doesn't really have a lot on. He's completed all his games. That's what I'm saying. And I may as That's well. That's not just... true. I haven't started Red Dead Redemption yet. Oh my god! Fuck. Yeah, I might. I might not be available to record for the next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's always that. So we'll bear. We'll bear that in mind. But uh, thank you very much, Oscar. Anything else to add? Any closing thoughts or final no, words? Nothing. Just nothing. Beep boop. Sad. <laughs> it's been a rough one for you mate I'm sorry yeah I'm not I'm Ian just... <laughs> anything else to add we knew this one was going to be a rough one for all three of us I think you actually had the best result really Chuck 4-3 three. three goals at Anfield lads uh, that's all you need to make yourself happy congratulations Chuck that's my yeah, last message it's always good nothing to show for it thank you very much guys <laughs> and goodbye bye <laughs>